Introducing MetroTap for iOS and Android. The best way to connect and network with others with just a tap. MetroTap allows you to instantly show your social media, music, payment platforms, and contact information just by tapping your phone. MetroTap can be used by anyone in any industry, and the other person you're networking with does not need the app to receive your information. Customize your profile with MetroTap Direct to instantly met someone to your Instagram. MetroTap also comes with a personal QR code, which is perfect for events and websites. Anyone can use it with and without the app. So why not take the work out of network and download MetroTap now? On this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk, we talk about the NFL preseason week two. We debut a new segment called Fill in the Blank. We talk about Shakari Richardson. <sighs> that fantasy football updates and a whole lot more. Let's go. Another all-new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Can y'all feel that? Can you feel that thing that's oozing out your doggone hands? That thing is beating your doggone chest right now. Can you feel that? Welcome back, welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your man, Big Cliff. As always, make sure you check us out on Apple Podcasts, Apple Music. No, it's Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you check us out on the Sports Talk line, Cliff, at carolinasportstalk.net, or on social media, Instagram, at Carolina Sports Talk, Facebook, at Carolina Sports Talk. We are excited to be back in the building as always. I am joined by your favorite mind, Mr. DJ Highstar. Holla at the people, brother. What's good, people? What's good? What's going on, everybody? We out here, bro. Welcome back. What you been up to, man? What you been up to this weekend? I was going to say, I hope, I hope I was getting a round of applause through there. I yeah, you can, it's still going. It's still going. The people, they, they still out there. They still, okay, you know what I'm saying? They still cheering for you, bro. Last couple of weeks being remote, I see how what these... uh with these commentators and sportscasters go through. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little bit of a struggle, but you know what I'm saying? You're professional, so you got this, right? You got Absolutely. this. But to answer your question, man, not been up to much. Still a lot of traveling going on. Uh, just came back from the mountains, really. Uh, stopped up in Hendersonville. Okay. Hollered at one of our, one of our Georgia homies, uh, uh, one of our fellow frat brothers, Brother Juju. Yes, sir. That's a good bro right there, too, man. Shout out to Juju. Yeah. Yeah, so we was just hanging out, catching some preseason football up at his house. Word, and that's what's up, man. Um, I, same thing here. I've been uh, had the privilege of being on the DJ Blaze Radio Show podcast. Uh, if, if you guys haven't listened to the I show before, that. man, you know, well, you know, we be out here like the people be like, "Yo, when they coming back?" Yo, I gotta come back. So you know what I'm saying? Dog was uh, gracious enough to allow me to come through and holler at him, man. And uh, we had a good little conversation yesterday. Um, it dropped today. Out on uh, it's part of the Crux family, uh, Crux Media family of podcasts. So if you don't and have not listened to his show, man, go check it out. This week is a great excuse for you to hear it because your boy is on there. But um, it's a real good show. Period. Um, it's a variety show. Um, now I will say it's maybe not uh, as uh, family friendly as Carolina Sports Talk, but um, if you know, it's still a good show. So rock with it. You know what I mean? Uh, and check it out. Um, but you, you mentioned y'all listening, watching, out, watching, and checking out some of that 
preseason, man. That's exactly where we're going to start off with the show today. NFL preseason week two, man. It had some exciting games, man. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've enjoyed the preseason to an extent just because at the end of the day, football is back. But uh, I'm ready for some regular season. But just to give you the highlights uh, or the, some of the major scores, the Patriots blanked the Eagles 35-0. Uh, the Chiefs squeaked by the Cardinals 17-10. Uh, Our Panthers did end up losing to the uh, Baltimore Ravens. And actually, who have, oddly enough, for random stats, have won 19 preseason games in a row, bruh. Like, I don't even Baltimore. know that was a thing, but they're out there Baltimore. doing it, man. Baltimore has? Baltimore, yeah, the, the Ravens. 19 preseason games in a row. But uh, in addition to that. How many Super Bowls has that translated to? Say again? How many Super Bowls has that translated to? I think the answer you're looking for is a zero. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the preseason All-Stars is, again, one of those random, <laughs> random things, man. But. Um, of all the games that happened in week two, what kind of stood out to you the most? What seemed like uh, the headline thing for you? Or what, what was your kind of takeaways from week two? Uh, the pa- the Patriots-Eagles game was a big one. I have We got family on both sides of that thing as far mm-hmm. as Patriot Patty, mm-hmm. uh, my man Mixmaster T, Dell uh, even. Uh, yeah, and, and then again on the Eagles side, you got Ash and some other uh, Eagles fans. My best friend, Bruce. Uh, so I got a lot of Eagles fans that I know as well. So that that game uh, stood out. Quick question, too, because uh, since we already passed Monday night. So would Monday night officially count as going into the next week? So, no, Monday nights are the conclusion of the previous week. Exactly. That's what I thought. So yeah. so, the, so the Saints game would count then? Yes. Saints game last night was the end of week so. two. So Jameis's first touchdown that he threw, mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. was definitely a standout. Um, second one was was fire too, but he was efficient. He's pretty efficient. So his his performance overall, I guess, stood out to me. Yeah, and I'll agree. I'll get into it a little bit more when we uh, when we jump on to fill in the blank. But Jameis is 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 slowly making some noise out there. I can't even say slowly. He's making some noise out there, and he's definitely making. Uh, the case for me, it definitely uh, would have to be the Panthers game. I was excited to see what the first um, the first level of starters were going to do. Uh, we know to this point we have not played. Well, it was one game, but uh, in the week first week, our starters did not play. They did not play a whole bunch this week. And that this is the second consecutive week we've had joint practices with the teams that we've played in the preseason game. So uh, most of what the coaching staff wanted to see they actually saw during the week. And so allowing just that opportunity with there only being three preseason games this year to kind of really take a look and evaluate some of the undrafted talent, the maybe even some of the rookies to see where they need to have those um, kind of shaped up and got right before the uh, beginning of the season. So there's been a real big focus for our team on that. It's been disappointing to me to not have that at least glimpse of what we're kind of going to look like because this is such a transitional season for the Carolina Panthers. But in his first action for the Panthers, Sam Darnold going one for two with 16 yards just was kind of like, meh. And even even the presumptive backup, P.J. Walker, threw two two passes, and then he ended up exiting as well. Um, But I will say one thing. Chuba Hubbard looks like the truth, man. Um, With his 53 yards and then even with Terrence Marshall – um, with another three catches and 50 yards, 
it, we definitely have depth offensively. And with the defense, even though, you know, it was what it was, they showed flashes that realistically, man, I, I am excited about the Carolina Panthers in a way that I've not yet been in a long time. With all of the – we talked about it briefly last week, but with all of the defensive um, selections that they made in the draft previously and then even with some of the new acquirements that we had this season um, and with Rasan coming back, like, we are going to be stout, bro. I'm really excited right. to see what the Panthers can do. You didn't. Well, never mind. I wouldn't say it. Now go ahead. Uh, I know I was going to pick at you for saying acquirement to sound like instead of acquisitions, but nevertheless, um, now I am excited for the fight. <laughs> no, no Words serious, have I'm, meanings. Words have meaning. <laughs> I'm excited for the firepower that that we're going to be bringing. Like like again, and I know that we'll talk about it a little bit later, but from the skills positions. Granted that everyone stays healthy, there's some speed that that we still have and and um, elusiveness. So whether it's yards mm-hmm. after catch or it's just you know just getting them yards from scrimmage, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna be moving the ball a lot and giving the defense a lot of rest. And again, that's of course what we want to do in the game plan. But I could see it happening this year. Um, and then, they go, of course, to make mention to that that draft pick that we had our first round, our first draft pick, the uh, the court, the cornerback. Mm-hmm. Just excited to see how all of that stuff meshes in, and, and and you know, and looks as far as on our defense. So I've been reaching out to him via social media, trying to get him on the show. Um, and when he just didn't even open my uh, messages, uh, I, <laughs> I actually went to Twitter and hit up his dad. So he is the son of Joe Horn, legendary Saints wide receiver. Um, and Joe followed me on Twitter about six years ago. And, Mm. um, when he followed me, I thought it was, uh, I was like, Oh, Joe Horn following me. And then he hit me in a message in the group and when I'm in my inbox. And when he hit the message, I was like, this ain't no way this is the real Joe Horn. And then he proceeds to say, yo, man, I've seen you around. Seem like you're a pretty good Carolina Panthers fan. You should try out my barbecue sauce. <laughs> this is back in the day. Yeah, this was about six years ago, bro. Wow. Yes, Joe Horn followed. And I later found out that, no, it was really his count. And if it wasn't directly him, it was somebody around him uh, who was literally just going and following around a bunch of sports fans talking about his barbecue sauce. Marketing. <laughs> Yeah, listen, and it was smart because when he did it, I was like, I hadn't tried it, but I will. I haven't tried it yet to date. My fault, Joe. Um, but uh, I mean, it's smart because now got, come full circle, you want his son on your show. And I went straight back to that very same message. <laughs> it's like, yo, man, you're, yo, listen. So uh, I am not above capping to get what I want. I was like, yo, man, your sauce was good, bro. Hey, man, tell your son to get on the show real quick. I got this mm. sports <laughs> podcast. Six years later. It, whole, whole time. Uh, but the, young Jace is like, he's really like the Jace, JC, whatever his name. But uh, he, he, for those of you who may not know, he played cornerback at the University of South Carolina, and he was a dog. He showed up on the biggest stages against the best talent in the SEC and locked them down. And uh, one of the most memorable games, memorable games that I remember watching him in college, uh, we were playing the University of Georgia, and they were lighting us up over the field, and he just got to a point where he was sick of it. Um, and he was jamming every wide receiver, the, uh, wide receiver that he covered off the line. Um, and he had two picks in that game, ended up with like two picks, a sack, a tackle for loss and another like six tackles. He was just 
activated and, and, and I'm excited to see that between him um and D Jack and just the overall and even our the safety from last year. Like um this defense has grown up a lot. They can just from watching the social media um of the different players and even from the team, they're spending that quality time around each other um and one another to really feel like they're building a camaraderie that seems reminiscent of the 2015 season. Now do I do I expect a 15-1? No, I'm 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 realistically not expecting that. But to begin building that culture and for the like just the resurgence of thieves aft for them to have that swag in the secondary on the defense, the one position it's lacking right now is that middle linebacker position. Um, and Shaq Thompson, oh, bless his heart. Like I remember watching him in college at University of Washington, going uh, playing both sides of the ball uh, defensively. He was a middle linebacker, playing some safety. Offensively, he was a running back. He's so he's been a dog. He's been a dog. But again, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago or, or last week. The defense have not has not been the same since Luke Keekley retired. Um, we understand that you know it's going to take some time, and there's it's hard to to replace a, a player of his caliber. But hopefully, Rasan Reddick, when he gets healthy, is able to get into that position and really um, shore up that the, the, the linebacking core because that seems like the one area of uncertainty on the defense with all those young dogs out there just with the tenacity that they have and the hunger that they have and the nose for the ball. And like I said, that swag of the thieves have, man, uh, our defense could absolutely be like that. If we can shore up the linebacking core offensively, I don't, I, it, I don't have any really like worries about it. It's just a matter of the continuity being built, um, the consistency, the timing. And like, like you mentioned, those wide receivers that we got between DJ Moore, the, the rookie um, Terrence Marshall, um, with Mr. Anderson out there with his hair. Like, man, it's like that, man. So I'm mm-hmm. excited. I am excited for the Panthers upcoming. Any other takeaways you want to talk about about the uh, preseason week one, I mean, week two? Nah, that's that's about it for right now with that. Word. So I'm at this point just ready for the regular season. Uh, let's go ahead and get it out of the way or in the way uh, so we can get to some real-life football. Now, as we move forward, uh, we are going to uh, mention, as I mentioned before, de- debut a new segment on the show today. It is called Fill in the Blank. As the title aptly says, we are going to give you some scenarios uh, where you will fill in the blank with the most appropriate word and or phrase to complete the question. So the first topic we're going to talk about today is Cam Newton uh, having missed time this week from Patriots camp based on uh, some technicalities of COVID-19 protocols. The Patriots gave him permission to go to a club-approved and sanctioned medical uh, appointment that required him to leave the New England area. But um, during that time, he did receive his daily COVID tests, which were all negative. But based on league rules and the protocols established by the NFL, because he was outside of that area and the testing was not done by league officials, he had a mandatory five-day quarantine period uh, upon his return. And as such, it does mean he's going to miss time. And in this particular week, that means practices on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So with that, the question of the fill in the bank for today, uh, well, the first one, Cam Newton missing time from Patriots camp this week is blank for the Patriots. Is good news for the Patriots. Okay. Well, I'm going to say mine and then we'll come back to that. Cam Newton missing time at Patriots camp this week is trouble 
for the New England Patriots. Now, why do you say that it's good news? Because it gives the it gives the uh, front office and and Belichick it gives them a reason to be able to uh, to go all in with Mac, mm-hmm. uh, or like more or less like this week in this week's game, you know you're gonna go with Mac. Mm-hmm. You don't know how much Cam you're gonna see. So again, it it, it helps to to tilt that that ever uh, ever growing competition between the two. Mm. Here's why I say it's trouble for every reason that you just said. Cam Newton was named the starter at the beginning of their camp. Um, Bill Belichick has done everything he can, has like, everything that he can, really to kind of quell some of the arguments and the discussions back and forth, and still say Cam is our starter. Cam is our starter, despite all the fan love that um, the young guy has gotten out there. But I say it's trouble because Cam Newton is the type that he he he. <laughs> I hate to put my conspiracy theorist hat on, but I'm going to. Um, he's the kind that if he feels slighted, he he gets that attitude about him. And his performance kind of is affected associately um, with that. And as such, the team gave him the permission necessary, and, and and it was a sanctioned thing for him to go and get this treatment outside of the area. There has to have been somebody there that realized, hey, if we don't do X, Y, Z, Cam could possibly end up missing time. Like if this was during the regular season and or in the crunch time when they were coming up on some playoff, to, they're, they're, they, this mistake wouldn't have been made. So I agree logically to me it just seems like why would they allow cam to go knowing that he may miss time except to be able to get the youngsters some playing time um it's a little bit fishy to me it's a little bit fishy (laughs) but uh we will see if cam is able to bounce back from this because i've already I'm, i'm on record i've said it on the air i'll keep saying it until they prove me wrong they the faithful there, I won't say that the leadership and or uh, coaches, there are a certain contingency in the New England area that does not want Cam Newton to be the quarterback for the New England Patriots. And as such, they are going to do the things that they can to make sure that that doesn't happen. It's fishy, uh, and it could mark trouble for the Patriots. So, It's Boston. Say again? It's Boston. It's Boston. It's the Patriots, baby. But uh, moving forward, our next topic the New Orleans Saints, we touched on it a little bit. Jameis Winston going 9 for 10, 123 yards and two touchdowns in their win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. So the question for that one is, blank will be the starter for the New Orleans Saints in week one? Crab legs Winston. Crab. <laughs> Ding! Yeah, there ain't no doubt about that, bro. Like... It was always funny to me how, like, I understand loyalty and how you want to be able to put yourself in a position to really be, um, reward guys who stick with you. Like, you dance with the one that brung you. I get that. And I understand that, um, young Mr., uh, what is the other guy's name? T- Taysom Hill. Hill. Come on. Come on. You got it. I understand that Taysom had, has done a lot for that organization. I understand that they really may believe in him. But if you want to win, you put the best person forward that can win. Exactly. There, there shouldn't be a question whether or not Jameis is a better quarterback. You mentioned last week that, yes, Hill is a good gadget guy. He's a good tool. He's a good um, all-around. player. Yeah. But as far as a starting-level quarterback, he is not that for the National Football League. Now, as a Carolina Panther fan and a, 
uh, NFC and NFC South loyalist, hey, go ahead and throw them in there and let us, you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, their defense is still, you know, their defense. Cam Jordan ain't got no, you know, different just because Brady, uh, Breeze retired. But go ahead and put him there in the starting position. I'm okay with that. Our defense will eat him alive. And so, <laughs> and so, if that's what they want to do, then Twice go for year. it. Exactly, factuals. But um, yes, it, I don't think there's any doubt after that performance last night that Jameis Winston will be the starter for New Orleans in Week One. Uh, moving on, next topic: uh, Manny Pacquiao has lost to Yudonis Yugas uh, in his most recent fight. Um, we all know that Manny has all these political aspirations and. The last several fights, he just has not looked like himself. So um, Manny Pacquiao's, the question is, Manny Pacquiao's loss to Yugas was blank to his legacy. A Nick. A Nick. Okay. My answer is the conclusion to his legacy. Um, I think it needs to be Yo, his last fight, clear. bro. Yo, Big Cliff. Yo. When you were making these, like, did you already, you formed... Like, cause I don't, I don't think I like so much you coming with the question and having your your polished answer. And I, have answer. I don't know how much I like that, man. Well, how about this? Real. I'll tell you what. For next week, you get to. Uh, <laughs> I let you make the fill in the blank. <laughs> The real foul part is be like, man, I really don't want to. <laughs> Y'all see how he do? He see how he do? Uh, he already had his feelings just, that he remote. Dog want to be in just, person. <laughs> it just sounds like you've been ready to give these answers for a while now. I mean, hey, I mean, hey, what you want? Me to do? Uh, <laughs> yeah, nah, like it's time, bro. It, it he, he. He has not looked like I ain't never been a Manny Pacquiao fan, but true to true to form, I respect skill. And he had a very high level of skill. He was a technical fighter. Um, I, I feel like he should have beat Mayweather. Um, but at the end of the day, it's time to hang it up, bro. So and um again, well, are you are you are you concluded with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so with me, I'm saying a Nick for a lot of those same reasons. I think the nails have been in the coffin with his legacy being tarnished and stuff. And this was just another, it's kind of like if you're already brutalized and you got jumped by whatever, 10 people. And then after that, you got you a, you know, another, another scab or a wound on your arm. You know, how much does that, how much does that stand out after you just got your behind you know, whooped and bruises and stuff all over your body and broken bones and stuff already. So, mm. you know, if that makes any sense, like yeah, his, his, his legacy is already tarnished. And, um, and this most recent L that he took was just, it's kind of like Connor, like Connor in, 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 yeah. in certain ways. Wonderful, wonderful, uh, parallel. Um, Connor went from being in the forefront of his field to when he got that bag fight in Mayweather, bro, he was just like, I'm Connor McGregor. I'm bigger than the sport. <laughs> Bro, sit down, <laughs> take your bag, relax, drink your proper number nine, and, and, and just, you know what I mean, chill, fall back. But nah, bro, like, yeah, it's 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 unfortunate to see um, amazing athletes past their prime still trying to do the things, man. Dog, dog we appreciate what you've done, Manny. Go go govern, right. go be an, a, a, pol, pol, uh, a politician is the word. There you that, go. Yes. Oh, my goodness. 
Um, and do your thing, bro. Moving forward with fill in the blank. I'm in liking these. We we have to rock with this a couple more times. But um, we understand and know Let what the COVID people, protocol. Uh, choose the questions. You say what? <laughs> Matter of fact, <laughs> I'll choose the questions, or you can choose the questions, or we can open the it up to the listeners. If you hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. If you've got fill in the questions, fill in the blank questions that you want us to be able to answer from you, whether it be with the NFL, MLB, wherever it is, shoot them over to the Carolina Sports Talk line. Let us know what you're thinking and give us some feedback so that High Star don't have to keep crying about the load of questions that I prepared. I like how you did that. How you did that. So as we move forward, we know the protocols for COVID have been tightening across both the NFL and uh, NCAA. We talked about them briefly last week and just how they um, have not to this point luckily had an effect on the game. But with the Delta variant and now with the Lambda variant and with everything seeming like it's going to just continue to run rampantly, um, it seems like there are so many more players that are going to be at risk at missing time this season. And as such, the question is, with COVID protocols tightening in the NFL, there will be blank games canceled this season. Uh, I'll go ahead and say six games canceled this season. Mm, okay. And uh, as you guys have known from our previous conversation about the protocols, if a team does not have a certain amount of players to be able to play, um, they're going to forfeit the games. The NFL has been adamant that they will not reschedule games this season, which will be interesting to see if they hold on and maintain to those stances uh, at the end of the year because I don't see them having a game that could really like affect playoff standings and them not rescheduling because of COVID. I don't see them, even if it's like, if you're at the end of the year and Tom Brady is playing, I think they play the Falcons maybe in the last game, and that game determines whether or not that they are able to make it into the playoffs and Tom Brady can't play, there no, there is zero chance for me that they're going to do that. And as such, that's why my answer to that question is zero games will be canceled this season. They're going to find a way to make sure that the, the marquee games are able to be played. Now, when I want to say it might have been the – it wasn't the Vikings. It might have been um, – the Broncos last season had all of their they had their one of their quarterbacks who tested positive for COVID. And because the others were not following the protocols, then each of them that were in the remaining in the room were all put on quarantine, therefore having to miss the game. The Broncos then had to convert one of their practice squad wide receivers who played high school quarterback into the quarterback for that particular game. They did that because it was the Broncos and the Broncos had a terrible season again. Had it been Kansas City, had it been uh, the whomever, it had it been Tampa Bay, had it been even one of the other marquee teams, they would not have done that. So there's not going to be any cancellations. There will likely be sure some. Will, say again. Sure, there will. You said you will. Okay, we can revisit now. We can put a sure pin. Sure, there will. Yes, because you're saying this too matter of factly. Sure, <laughs> there will be some cancellations, bro. There's and, this first. My thing is. The rule that they made regarding players and vaccinations, correct? Mm -hmm. We all know, and we heard again with you on DJ Blazer's show, which you did shout out Carolina Sports Talk a lot, so I did want to big you up for that. But we heard how you said on there um, regarding the vaccinations and stuff like that, you know, uh, what the numbers are, in other words, of who's vaccinated and who's not. But they're going to make 
or, or the other thing that you alluded to is how politicized this thing has become. And, you know, discussions that we've had on here at nauseam. But they're going to make an example, bruh, that, that this new, because what, what else would determine this new law or rule that they're making uh, regarding players? What else would make that different from last year? How, how would it be different? Like, the, the uh, onus would fall more on the player and he may feel more culpability or more accountability, like, dang, I messed up and made, you know, us miss a whole game. But it's not going to stop there. They're going to really make the team feel it. And see, I, I I disagree only because with the protocols as they are now, the teams aren't the ones that will be punished more so as it is the individual players. And so what's... If they forfeit a game, the team is being punished, though. But that's what I'm saying. I don't think that there will be the... Maybe and possibly in college, I see there being more forfeiture, forfeitures because in college... They have certain numbers that they have that if you don't have at least three quarterbacks, you can't then you can't play. If you don't have at least fifty three to fifty four certain uh, total players, then your team can't travel. Certain things of that nature. But with the league, they have the options. Let's say, like it, like they did in the instance with the quarterback rooms when they had to quarantine the entire quarterbacks room. Then they just went out and had to hire the best that they could in that in, in that moment. And so I think with the NFL, that's much more likely what we'll see. There will be now there will be players who are going to miss games. There will be players who are going to be fined for having COVID and not being vaccinated. But I do not see them having any games missed as a result of quarantines and or COVID protocols. But um, like you said, I say it matter of factly, um, but We'll definitely keep an eye on it and see. Um, we've got two more quick questions with fill in the blank, and we'll keep moving on with the show. Uh, so many of you may have, may not have heard of the most recent league that has been formed in basketball, Overtime Elite, also known as OTE. Um, it's described as a transformative new sports league that offers the world's most talented young basketball players a better pathway to becoming professional athletes. Uh, OTE provides a comprehensive accelerator for uh, elite players' professional careers. Simply put, it gives those players who don't want to do the one and done, who don't want to necessarily go through the college basketball route, uh, it gives them an option to be able to come in and play professional basketball. Uh, One of the most notable or more uh, locally notable individuals to sign with um, OTE is Columbia's Jazian Gortman. Uh, Gortman is a five-star prospect uh, from W.J. Keenan High School who was ranked as high as uh, number four on some sports reporting agencies. Uh, He did sign a deal with the league uh, for a reported, I want to get the exact number. Well, it says they can give him, uh, they start him off around 100,000, but his his contract was for 250,000. Uh, there's some other guys who are signing for seven hundred and five hundred thousand dollars, and these guys are five star players who could very easily go to the NCAA, do their one year, and then be in the league the following year. Um, but as a result, OTE or Overtime Elite will be will blank the NBA. Uh. Can can you do yours first? 
Yeah, I got you. So mine, because, uh, again, I wrote the question. Uh, overtime elite will have no effect on the NBA. Okay. Overtime elite will enhance the NBA. Mm, okay, conflicting and contrasting opinions. Uh, you want me to go first with my explanation as well? Sure. The path to the NBA for so many players is so different. We know back in the day we had the Kevin Garnett and the Kobe, uh, Kevin Garnett, the Kobe Bryant's who, and shout out to Kobe, his birthday was yesterday. R.I.P. My dog, we miss you still, bro. Um, but their journey to the league was way different than say, um, man, we've only say LeBron because LeBron was a straight from high school too. But for some of the guys who went to college, who like your uh, Kevin Gar- Kevin uh, Durant's. Or your Kyrie's, those who had to do the one and done. Carmelo. Your Carmelo's, who, like, those players who went and won national championships. Some of them didn't. Uh, even, like, uh, um, what's the little light-skinned boy? Um, his daddy, the coach of the... Um, the little light-skinned boy, Austin Rivers. Bro. Austin Rivers. You knew exactly what I was talking about, no, though, bro. Said his daddy's the coach, bro. Not because you said the little light <laughs> Doc, does he just not look like somebody little next door neighbor light skin boy to my hi, I wanna go pl- can I cut your grass for twenty dollars? Like look, that's just what he him, him, Clay, and Steph look like they all visit each other in college <laughs> and be each other's cousins go out to the little small five there. With sweater vests wrapped around their waist. Right. But anyway. <laughs> oh, that is funny to Cliff. But <laughs> I don't even remember. Oh, so the journeys that they have to the NBA. Uh, although each of them have their own steps, once they get to the league, um, I think that is when they really begin to mature into the players that they have. Now, there is something to be said for getting the opportunity to play professional basketball at a younger age. Uh, if you look at, like, your Luka Doncic um, of the world or the individuals who come from overseas who get the opportunity to play with their national teams and play professional ball from 14, 15, 16 years old, they are a much more um, developed player to an extent. But that's because Luca has been playing ball against grown men since he was a kid. These guys that are giving up, like uh, like Gortman giving up his senior year to go and play in this league for one year and then try to go to the NBA, I don't think it's going to have the effect that they're anticipating. I also don't see how the league is going to be able to sustain they have not shown uh, any significant uh, financial backing from anybody who is worth even really mentioning to this point. Additionally, how are they going to make money? How are they going to generate revenue to continue to pay these crazy salaries to these high school kids? And, and additionally, who are the individuals who are developing these players and what are they going to be doing? And so although it's a nice idea and I, and I get why they would do it, I don't see that it's going to have the opportunity or the sustaining power to really stand long enough to even get to the point where it can have any effect on the National Basketball Association. You done? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you and I used defending the dissertation to the end of that day. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You was ready for any rebuttal. I'm waiting. Nah, yeah, nah rebuke. Uh, okay, Go ahead. again, my, my word was enhanced. Uh, the simple, for the simple fact, um, the NBA, since we last talked last week regarding the uh, the malice at the palace brawl and documentary and everything like that, uh, the league didn't have an identity at that time. 
feel, or they were looking, they were finding their identity. Malice at the Palace comes, David Stern enforces this new dress dress code or whatnot. Now the league starts to have an identity. Also, um, rest in peace, of course, David Stern. Um, but some of the eerie words that he said was regarding Ron Artest was what was the uh what was the vote or something like that (laughs) (laughs) one of one (laughs) exactly that was kind of eerie him saying that and just paints a picture where where the league was in other words so now we fast forward um what 15 years later it's close 16 years later whatever close to close to 20 years later and um the league has an identity it's a global brand it's a global brand with international talent and talent that's that's um, produced and farmed from from all over. In other words, mm-hmm. so you'll see a G League player that has been grinding for four years or five years finally get a, an opportunity in the playoffs to to kind of show off. And then he got the right agent; they can go ahead and finesse a couple of years of, of some of some money, of some real money, right? And I believe that with overtime elite being also um, an alternative for these younger guys for amateur play. It's just going to enhance talent. Also, the talent will be supplemented with the weaker players that are in the NBA right now because the crop, the top crop of players that rise from these OE, uh, OTE, what do you say? OTE? Mm -hmm. Yeah, OTE leagues or or any other circuits and stuff like that, and then continued international play, um, I think it's only going to keep that crop stronger and stronger. The big word that you used this past season of in Carolina Sports Talk um, earlier this season was parity, and that's only going to grow. Teams are only going to get stronger. And also the management, it'll be, it'll be pretty apparent or uh, revealing as far as what, how people manage players and talent versus what talent is acquired because the talent is there. Like it's just a larger talent pool to me. And my only, my only, I guess, hesitation with that is you've already got the unofficial farm system of the NCAA. Then you have your own G league that the the NBA is directly responsible for that. We've seen recently as recently as this year, Jalen green, where players can do just exactly what this league is anticipating and have them come and play a year, enhance their skills, and become better draft prospects, and then come directly into the NBA. And so for those who don't necessarily want to do the one-and-done thing, there are already options available. And so to me, it just seems like it just there's a fine line between allowing parity and allowing the resources to be spread more evenly and then oversaturating them for it to really be watered down. And, and, And I feel like with Overtime Elite, you have students who like um, there are some after reading and doing some research into it, they're, they're signing some guys who would have not been academically eligible anyway. So those guys would have been going overseas to play a year or so or possibly coming into the G League. And so you're giving them all of this money. They're they're young. They're kids at this point because they're not even not just that year removed from from college or I mean, from high school. Many of them aren't even finishing high school at this point. And so you've got these kids who may have the natural physical talent. But maturity, they've not yet had that opportunity to mature mentally to be ready for some of the rigors of something of that nature. And so I feel like this has the potential to do a little bit more worse than good. 
Um, it feels like a good thing gone too far for me, really. Um, and so I really, I, I, I almost wanted not, I don't want to say I don't wish them success because at the end of the day, I definitely want to see any business venture. Go. Like. Huh? Huh? <laughs> That's what it sounded like. No, nah, I don't want to, like, I'm not going to hate because I'm not a hater. But at the end of the day, it's like, for what, bro? It's like, what? Like, like, and again, I mean, it's not, we're not a political show, but girls in the Boy Scouts, for what? Like, <laughs> you already got something. You good. Relax. And so, again, if they go out and they blow and they help to develop the, the level of the talent uh, to that, which the NBA becomes like this even much more conglomerate. Yeah, go go for it. Shout out to y'all. Do your thing. Other than that, I don't really see it being that. And so I, I don't see it having a long term effect on the NBA. But um, let's move forward to our last topic and fill in the blank. We're definitely going to do this segment again, man. I, I like the way this rocks. So um, the New York Yankees are riding a 10 game winning streets streak as opposed to streets because, you know, they winning out here in these streets with their streak. Always. But now they are the hottest team in the MLB since the All-Star break, uh, and they are firmly in command of the in, excuse me the AL wild card and only two games back of, under the Rays. With that, the New York Yankees will play their last game blank. In the World Series. Mm. You know what, sir? That... That was your dang-gone answer. (laughs) (laughs) The New York Yankees will play their last game in the World Series. I love the way that sounds. I just really enjoy it so much, and I wholeheartedly agree. With the bats finally coming alive, with the pitching. What was yours? What was your answer, bro? Literally in the World Series, bro. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) It is. Hey, this guy over here, he's a psyche. (laughs) But uh, nah, like they are, their bats have come alive. The pitching has heated up, and it is all clicking at the right time. Uh, Brian Cashman said a few weeks ago that um, it's like we've got to do some things uh, that we've not done in a long time. And honestly, without that, we won't win. I don't know what he did in the background that they used to do that they hadn't done in a long time, but they can continue to do it. Um, I'm excited about the play. They just ended the uh, Atlanta, the Red Hot Braves, who were on a nine-game winning streak of their own. Uh, they they ended that streak last night to them uh, against the Yankees, and we look to take another one from there and go ahead and finish off the sweep uh, tonight against them as well. So I am excited about the Yankees. Again, we are clicking at the absolute right time, and um, man, we, it's time for another pennant, man. Indeed, it is. Yeah, indeed it is. We uh, I think we fell short. What was that? Was that last year? It's disappointing, kind of how we, mm-hmm. you know. So you know. You know, we'll see what shall happen. Yeah, in Yankee Land, it's pin it or bust, man. And uh, it's, it's definitely exactly. looking like exactly. it's not going to be a bust type of season this year. So as we move forward, we are going to talk a little bit about the track meet that recently happened. Um, I'm sure all of you know it by now. The pre-classic, the pre-Fontaine uh, classic was held. It was actually the 46th annual. Um, and it was held out in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, and there was one particular race that seemed to catch the attention of most of the country. Just about everybody on Facebook was talking about it. Uh, it was the women's 100 meter race um, in which it was the much anticipated return 
of Miss Shakari Richardson. As many of you know, she uh, qualified for the Olympic team uh, in her with her rain, runs at the Olympic trials, but then was disqualified based on a positive marijuana test. Um, much to the chagrin of everybody, she did not have the chance to go and run and compete against the blazing fast Jamaicans that were out there. But um, man, oh man, oh man, upon her return, <sighs> Miss Richardson kind of disappointed us, bro. She not only did not beat the Jamaicans, she finished in dead last, bro. Uh, what were your thoughts and your takeaways from the women's 100 meter and or from the Prefontaine Classic? I heard before I saw. So I didn't believe, I didn't believe what I heard until I saw. Then I saw what I heard. Mm-hmm. And they confirmed everything I didn't believe. But um, my biggest takeaway is this, honestly, salute and, and uh, respect. Enough respect. Enough respect. Big up. Big up to uh, Jamaica, Team Jamaica. I mean, they were projected and forecasted to really do their thing pre-Olympics. Mm-hmm. They held up, did their thing during the Olympics, gave us no reason to doubt what they were doing at the Prefontaine. <laughs> And, you know, you heard all your sports savants, if you will, and and people that weren't weren't new to this, that were kind of forecasting that. And, um, you know, I I don't want I think you and I have had a conversation on the side about this. I don't want Shikari to become a Johnny Manziel of sorts Mm -hmm. or a Tim Tebow or, you know, more recently, like a Jameis Winston. You know, he's, you know, kind of performing, but again, I don't want the hype and the prodigal nature of them to end up, you know, swamping out what they actually accomplish. Mm -hmm. Not their talent, but what they actually accomplish, because everybody has talent. That's what's gotten you to that Olympian level. But then executing and focus and, you know, all of the small things add up to performance, you know. So, you know, I hope she... uh, I, I hope that she goes on to, again, accomplish amazing things. This was certainly disappointing, if you will, uh, to sum it up. The issue for me has been the um, overarching display of, I don't even know the words for it, bro, which is very seldom for me, but the amount of people who have been out here saying, oh, y'all was showing all that fake love we've all before, and then when she lost, y'all talking trash. For me, it's... And, and then, of course, they turned it into an issue of race. Oh, we we don't... We as a people don't hold down our own and blah, 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 and whoop, whoop, whoop. Bro, it's not that. It's a sports argument. I, I, I said so. Uh, I mentioned it briefly on the DJ Blaze radio show podcast. I definitely have been screaming it across uh, social media. It is not a race thing it is a sports thing the very same way that when lebron james did not live up to his expectations in those several finals appearance with the uh, cleveland cavaliers we roasted him the same way that when tom brady lost the super bowls that he did every time he lost one there was at least one to two to 20 pundits who said tom brady is washed it is time for him to go it is an athlete's expectation that when you are one of the best in the world at your field that you come out and you perform for me, the letdown came in with her performing uh, or her lack of performance. 
the the phrase has often been said in sports that uh, hard work beats talent when talent does not work. Does hard. work hard. Come on, brother. <laughs> and 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 for her to be the sixth fastest woman in history. Now, granted, again, I was not one of those who was confused and expected for Shikari to come out here and win because yes, she is the sixth fastest woman in history. It just so happens that the second and third fastest women in history were in the very same race with her. Mm. And so I wasn't one of the ones that was confused and expected her to win, but you could very clearly see that in the last 30 meters of the race, she gave up that I hate to see anybody who like, even like when LeBron was losing, uh, had lost the last finals against, um, with the Cavs against the golden state warriors at the end of the game, the game, the clock was still ticking. He was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm done. He goes and starts dapping people and just starts walking to the bench to the point where the coach is like, Oh snap, I guess I need to call a timeout. Cause he's coming out. I, to me, that was a soft move, bro. Either stay there and finish. Or don't do, just don't be out there, but don't just leave because you tired and you know you're gonna lose. Yeah, you know you're gonna lose, but take it like a man. Take it like the world class athlete that you are. It was one of my issues that I had with Cam Newton as well when he was winning. Oh man, it's that million dollar smile and he's dabbing and he's busting the Superman. And then when he's losing, now you got the towel over your head, slumping mad in a corner. I hate a sore loser, bro. And so for her to have realized that she was going to lose. And then just kind of fall back and to to go to ninth place, it was it was a poor performance, and right. I, I don't I don't mind criticizing her with regards to that. Now she must go back and practice. And yes, for those of you who saying practice, we talking about practice, not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. practice. Exactly. We she's got to go and practice. You you cannot be that talented and have that capabilities and show that poor of a performance ever again. Her legacy will be completely diminished. And then on top of all of that, to have just quit on a race and then afterwards to go and have the interview that she did. Now, and there's a second one that she did after she had an opportunity to, I guess, I don't know if it was to be coached, to realize the air of the ways that she, you know, what she had done to realize, yo, night. Excuse me, to say Nike is not going to keep giving you that money if you're going to go out there and wild out like that. So there is a second set of interviews where she did and said exactly what she was supposed to. Had those come out immediately after the race, even that would have been a bit more satisfactory. But to quit on a race and then turn around and I'm the sixth fastest woman in history. I'm out here. Y'all can hate if you want. Yo, relax, shorty. Wee, you sucked. <laughs> right, exactly. With the expletive. It's like, also, side note, NBC. So y'all don't know she ratchet. <laughs> y'all ain't thought y'all might want to have her on a little bit of time delay or maybe have the bleep ready just in case. I'm just saying. But um, yeah, for me, that the total picture was what was just the most disappointing instance of it all. To not finish the race and then to come out with a with a chip on your shoulder, like you know the world gonna hate on you. They you give them fodder, you give them the ammunition to hate. What do you expect them to do but hate? Yeah. Um, one thing that stood out to me, another thing that stood out to me was, um, like you, you've ran track in high school, correct. Or been on the track and field team in high school and stuff, right? Yes. So you know that, okay. Yeah. And so, you know, that atmosphere at a track meet and stuff. Mm -hmm. And when the baddest is around, you can, it's not even nothing you got to say. You could feel it, you know? So while she was even doing the interview, when, 
the Jamaicans kind of walked behind her and stuff like that. You could feel that energy, you know. You kind of knew, like, oh, these girls is they like that. Girls the truth, yeah. And 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 that's exactly my thing. Like again, there is no slight in being the sixth fastest woman ever, but recognize that Elaine Thompson Hera, her fastest, uh, uh, Shikari's fastest time was a ten point seven two. The fastest time ever won ever run by a woman was ten point four nine. Elaine Thompson Harris time, ten five four. Mm. Shelly Ann Fraser Price, ten six three. So at the end of the day, it's like, yes, y'all are fat. You're fast, but they are as well. And so even right. if you you may not be able to beat them, compete, get out there and show what it's worth. And even even with that, um, when Elaine went and did her interview, I, I, I it was so classy to me, and it just made me respect her that much more. She did an interview with a fellow Jamaican um, news reporter who said, Shakari Richardson is out there talking a lot of noise. Do you have any opinions or thoughts about that? No, she ran away, I guess, and uh, I won. Nothing else. <laughs> right. Like, that was the most humble flex. You're like, yo, why am I going to pay attention to her from the back? Like, come on, bro. Like, Shikari, shawty. Get out there, run. And again, nobody's hating. We still love you. We still going to watch the 97... Uh, Nike commercials that they got. I'm gonna be sitting waiting on you at the finish line. Well, we waiting on you at the finish line. What's up? Get there. Like, do your thing. Bounce back. That's all to it. So again, we really do wish her a bounce back. And next time, hopefully, we see her. It's with a much better uh, perspective and a much much better outcome. But if we're talking about good outcomes, man, I gotta give a shout out uh, in our I got money section uh, for the day. So let's go ahead and get this popping. Shout out to Mr. Robbie Anderson of the Carolina Panthers. My guy Robbie signed a two-year extension worth $29.5 million with $20 million in them things guaranteed, man. Uh, this was a big step not just for him getting that money, but it locks up uh, one key component of the wide receiving core for the Carolina Panthers moving forward, and it gets that much more with that much guaranteed money. It's not going to take a big, huge cap hit, which still allows that flexibility to sign DJ Moore. So not only do we have potentially our franchise quarterback for the future, but we're ensuring that the tools are placed around him for success, man. So again, shout out to Robbie Anderson and all big that money. Out. Big shout out. Dog, now I'm going to tell you, you know who the loser <laughs> You know who the loser is in all of this to me? And it's funny. It's DJ. not funny, but it is. No, not even. Cam Newton. Mm. For years, including yeah. his MVP season, Cam was out there throwing to me and you, bruh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He was throwing to some cats that just didn't have business being on an NFL roster. And now here come the Panthers want to sign everybody, and they got the dynamic mm -hmm. running back and tight ends and Oh man! Cam up there in New England, cold New England, 
fighting for a roster spot. You feel me? Got to worry about them trying to finesse him out of his spot, sending him to get some procedures done and making him sit down for five days. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, but at the end of the day, it, it's going to be a good look for the team, and I, I think we, it, it's. Just, I'm excited. It's definitely going to have some ramifications on the fantasy standings because uh, you know Ayo. Sam Darnold's going to have some targets to throw to. Speaking of Sam Arnold or Dan Arnold, <laughs> speaking of fantasy, we have established and are in the inaugural season of the Carolina Sports Talk Fantasy Football League. We currently is a 12-team PPR league sponsored on ESPN. Uh, the winner, there is no actually uh, entrance fee, but the winner will have a special prize pack at the end. Uh, I, I don't want to give all the details, but I will go ahead and let you know there is probably going to be a t-shirt. Probably going to be a little championship ring in there, you know. So definitely it's going to be an exciting thing. Yours truly, as well as our co-host, Mr. DJ Highstar, are yeah, going to be in the league. We have uh, eight full teams in the league now. It's a 12-team league. So if you are still interested, we do have four slots remaining uh, to be able to get a part of that. Now, the time is running down, and if necessary, we'll reduce it to a 10-team league. Um, it won't probably stick with eight. It'll minimum be 10, but we do have those four slots now. If you're interested, hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. We have not set the draft. We will do that once all players are in. But again, with there only being one preseason game remaining, Prior to the start of the regular season, we want to go ahead and get this thing popping. So, um, High Star, you excited, man? Yeah, absolutely. You already know. Um, once you get one draft under, I haven't drafted yet, but by okay. the way, but once you get one draft under your under your belt, you kind of you want to you want to draft again. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So, of get course, in the true spirit of the word and term fantasy, that's what we'll be doing. People that are participating in more than one, though. Yeah, definitely. Um, for me, I, I, like you said, I'm ready for you to get started. Like, I'm ready for the regular season. I'm ready for this. Um, the <laughs> there has been some trash talking already going down. These guys are excited. One thing with this particular league that'll make it, uh, I guess, a little bit unique, we will be covering it throughout the season here on Carolina Sports Talk. So uh, if I take an L, y'all going to hear about it. If I get some dubs, y'all going to hear about it. Uh, so we're looking forward to just kind of sharing with you guys. Uh, we'll get get some uh, experts to come in. We've got a couple of guys lined up to talk about the fantasy football and their approaches, um, some tips, tricks to help you with your fantasy squads as well. But um, definitely looking forward to the trash talking throughout the league um, and throughout the year on the show. Uh, as we move forward, we I did want to talk and highlight really quickly. Um, as many of you guys know, the Little League World Series is going on right now. Um, there was this one particular player that stood out to me in watching the coverage that ESPN had. Uh, it was a young man by the name of Grant Hayes, who plays for the Washington Little League team. Um, and I'm going to let you check it out and hear exactly uh, what happened at his first uh, at bat against oh boy. in their game. Two in scoring position, 3-1 from Odin, and Hayes tugs this one on a line to left, and it's gone! Oh, what a bullet for Grant Hayes! And we talked about Grant Hayes and what he likes to eat for breakfast. This young man ate that fastball right there. Fastball up in the zone. In their description of the young man, uh, the commentators, when interviewing him, said, so, hey, so what, what do you like to eat for breakfast? Fastballs. 
I eat fastballs for breakfast. And at his first at bat, this cat smacks a three-run home run. Now, he's a kid. Naturally, he's a little leaguer, little leaguer world series. But um, this guy stands at five foot eight, 178 pounds at 14 years old. That little fella going to be something to something to behold <laughs> if he keeps hitting that Very ball nice. like that and keeps working on his skill, man. So shout out to the Little Leaguers. Dog, did you play Little League Baseball? No, in New York, uh, it was uh, part of a couple softball leagues. Okay. And that was played on on clay, like hard clay or tennis courts, to be frank. Yowza. So, yeah, I was in the inner city, man, the, the part of New York that Nas raps about. So we didn't have too many baseball fields. <laughs> well, growing up in Charleston, South Carolina, there was plenty of fields. Um, I had the privilege of actually, Shout out to North Charleston, right? Yeah, we was out here, Danny Jones, baby. We was playing out there, right? Um, but no, I actually had the privilege of playing um, actual little league baseball for several years, and then we played Dixie League until I, I think my parents fully understood what the connotations of were around that. I'm about to say that sounds like a racist league. Oh my goodness, boy, was it? Um, there was a particular, t- <laughs> there was a particular time. Um, I want to say I was in fifth grade, um, and it was a travel team that we played through the summer and into the fall. Um, my team went and we went to this team and played a team from John's Island. And one of my teammates went, look, y'all, they don't have any white guys on their team. And in that moment, I looked up and down our bench and went, well, I'm the only black guy on our team. And their eyes in that moment were open. It's like, wait, Cliff, you're black. <laughs> and and I think that was just so um synonymous of just how the baseball was just baseball for us up until that moment and things changed and again after that was different but um i missed little league it was it was dope i love it any if you got any of you guys who have kids boys girls get them a chance to get out there and play in little league baseball is definitely uh enriching to them so shout out to the little leaguers of the world um as we get ready to wrap things up we've got one more segment uh i'm gonna turn this one over into your hands uh high star it is our nothing to do with sports, and it's all yours. And in this week's nothing to do with sports, uh, it has involved some athletic prowess, some balance, okay, nimbleness, thinking on your feet, literally. <laughs> um, nah, let me finish, man. Let me finish. Relax. Get it off, bro. Get it off, bro. Uh, Trending and donned as the hashtag Hood Olympics. Uh, we've had neighborhoods find milk crates from seemingly uh, old DJs that they've robbed and grandmothers that have books and photos put up. I don't know where people are finding these milk crates at. <laughs> Robin, to bodegas. Robin DJs of the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're taking these milk crates, stacking them pyramid style. Two I should I should make mention 2D, a 2D pyramid. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this is a straight line, just a disaster waiting to happen. Um, and people are going out here and really, you know, really trying trying uh everything that god's blessed them with they're they're really trying their blessings right now right 
I don't understand it fully. You know, it doesn't look soft on the way down. It doesn't look like there's anybody wearing shoulder pads or anything during this stuff or helmets, bro. What are your takes on the on the Hood Olympics crate challenge? And is this going to be the last challenge that we see as a part of the Hood Olympics? Uh, to answer your last question first, no. Because as long <laughs> as there are fools out here in this world, there's going to be foolish stuff happening in the hood. Agreed. Uh, my take on it is that it is ridiculous. It is utter craziness to me um, that people are literally going out here and hurting themselves to do this challenge. Now it started. Well, they're like, I think they're like Corona. Corona is taking too long. I'm gonna go ahead and speed up the process. <laughs> and that's my thing. It's like as if the, the the hospitals who are overrun with all of these COVID cases and patients and trying to deal with that and the regular things of the world. You know what? I don't think they're working hard enough. Let's add the stupidity of people breaking their arms, breaking their necks. I saw a video earlier where this one cat went and 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 they very clearly had it set up to be able to uh for him to fail cuz like it wasn't like the traditional py- pyramid it was where they started going up and then when it got to the top it was too high like two yeah, levels yeah, high yeah. on now that I one started seeing those yeah there's it's, no sense that <sighs> makes no sense whatsoever the one that when you go two two levels higher on like that there's no winning in that one and and, and 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 some the majority of them are playing for money. So people are putting in saying, "Oh, I bet five dollars this person can't do it. I bet a hundred that this individual can't." Those people are going say, "Well, I bet my money on myself, and if I win, I get the pot." And so I understand the money perspective, but which, which is still, no matter how much you win, it's not going to pay your hospital bills if and or when you lose. Um, there are individuals. I saw one where this guy went with the two level high, as I, as we mentioned. He went, and when he got to the second level, they were like, yo, no, you can't use your hands. You got to start over. He was like, oh, right. really? And and he, as of course, rocked, turn around. wobbled, and was getting ready to turn around to come back down and fell. When he fell, he landed on his knee, and you can see his knee was broken, like dislocated. And he goes, ow, ow, my leg. And as he's standing on the other leg, it collapses backwards underneath him, and now he's got two broken kneecaps. Oh man, oh man! It's like people, they, like for the kids to do it is already dumb enough because they're kids. But you got grown old people with fragile bodies, and this is coming from a guy who is, is thankfully recovering from a leg injury. There ain't no way I would have done that, even pre-injury, bro. It's like, come on, folks, y'all got to be smarter than that, man. Just. If y'all don't get nothing else from listening to Carolina Sports Talk, please, please, people, do not do the crate challenge. It's stupid. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, Thank you guys for listening in, checking us out. Before we go, High Star, uh, you got some news you want to share with the folks, man? Yeah, man, uh, real quickly, another, uh, I said I alluded to me traveling a lot um the past couple weeks one stop that i had to make was down in atlanta um one of our frat brothers uh but uh he had lost his brother uh pierre easley was his name uh the gentleman that we lost and pierre was actually a linebacker at wake forest uh from the 2004 to 2007 season i want to say um 
And I believe he was preemptively drafted by the Titans, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, linebacker for the for Wake Forest and also a high school standout down in, in Atlanta whenever he was going to high school. Um, so, you know, a terrible loss for that community and for his family, of course. Uh, and big rest in peace to Pierre. And, um, you know, a shout out to our frat brother Cam, of course. Uh, you know, much sending much love and, and energy, positive energy their way, healing energy their way. Yeah, definitely, man. It's tough when families uh, lose members, but like you said, we we one for another. We brothers, we care for each other, man. We lifting up prayers and thoughts for the entire family. Um, as we get ready to head out, we appreciate you guys checking in with us again this week. This has been Carolina Sports Talk. Make sure you check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Make sure to check us out on social media at Carolina Sports Talk on Facebook at Carolina Sports Talk on the Instagram or hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at CarolinaSportsTalk.net. Once again, it's your man, Big Cliff. He's DJ Highstar, and we out. Peace. Scumbag Lounge Podcast. We are your hosts, Forty Fonz. And it's your boy, K Stuck76. That's right. We're not your traditional sports podcast. We give unpolitical, correct analysis on your favorite athletes and more. And you can check us out on all podcast platforms every Wednesday. That's right.